bless you. Thank you, singers, for taking us in worship into the presence of the Lord. I didn't finish our message last Sunday, so this is part two of last Sunday's message. And uh, I, I figured you wanted to go eat last Sunday, so I, I didn't eat, didn't use it all. And uh, we're talking about biblical giving. You say, well, pastor, why are you doing that? That's because I'm the pastor. And, and the, the Lord just leads the pastor to talk about some things. And uh, you say, why are you doing it today? Right now, because this is a good time to do it. And I already know it's going to get warm, Jared, because it's already warming up a little bit. Aren't you glad to live in Louisiana? Freezing for two days, and here we're headed for 70 today. I've lived where it didn't happen that way. You had to wait for May for that to happen. But thank God I'm in Louisiana. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinance, have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we return? We already had two witnesses here today in the house that people had turned away from the Lord, and they came back. That gives everybody hope, brother. The scripture said, every one of us have turned away. It said, all we, like sheep, have turned away. And so the Lord said, you return to me and I will return to you. They said, wherein shall we return? The Lord said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And the Lord said, in tithe and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Somebody say amen. He said, I'll rebu rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome, delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord is watching the offering. Scripture said Jesus stood by the offering in the New Testament, and he watched. He saw what people gave. The unique thing is he also saw their bank account when they got through giving. Guess what? 
He still sees. A little woman gave two mites, and he said she gave more than all the rest. They said, how'd she do that? She didn't give very much. He said she gave everything she had. She gave what she had. So while the subject of money can be touchy to some, others who embrace God's plan find that it is a wonderful thing. I've had men in this church tell me that when I go to a conference and I give as a representative from this church, that's the pastor's job, and there's an offering taken at one of our conventions or our camp meeting or one of our conferences, and I give from this church, they said, when you do that, that blesses us here at home. I said, it just always happens. And so I don't ever want to be the one to stand in the way of your blessing and God. So I'm going to be always sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. We're not going to rehearse all the material we covered last week, but we must understand that how we use what God gives us, what God has entrusted into us, determines whether we are a good steward. The Scripture requires that we be faithful in what God puts in our hand. You say, what does he put in our hand? Everything. Your life and your wife. Everything. Your ability to wake up in the morning, your ability to, to put your hands to work, your mind, its ability to think and how to plan your day out and to fulfill your task in a day in order that you might draw a paycheck. All of that comes as a result of God's ability that he puts in your life. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 said, It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful in the area of money as well in the area of the rest of our lives. Scripture tells us that give it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Proverbs 3, chapter 9 through 10 said, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with thy first fruits of all thine increase, so that thy born shall be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Scripture also said, If you sow with a little bit, that means if you give a little bit, then you're going to get back a little bit. But if you sow a whole lot, then you're going to get a whole lot back. You say, well, he's talking about seed. He's talking about the harvest. If you just buy yourself one pack of seed and you plant one pack of seed, you're going to get what what pack of seed produces. But if you go out and you buy yourself a sack of seed and you, you sow a bigger piece of ground, guess what? Your harvest is going to be greater. And so it is with our finances. You reap according to what you sow. John Bunyan said, I think I put that up, left that on there, Brother Paul. There is a man, some call him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. Anybody found that to be true? Hello? I smile when I think about someone they said, you know, he just can't keep doing that. He just can't keep 
given like that. I smile because I, I see God's hand of blessing on that person's life because they just keep doing that. They just keep giving like that. They just keep helping like that. So what should we give? The scripture says we give tithe, we give offerings, and we give alms. Next slide, I believe, Paul. Tithe, offerings, and alms. So what is tithe? Tithe is something that precedes the law. You say, well, this is Old Testament stuff you're talking about. It's, uh, yeah, it's real old. It's before the law of Moses. A lot of folks like to say, well, all that just came out of the law of Moses. We're free from the law of Moses. No, this starts way back before that. It's one of the things that God put into practice when the first family lived on the earth. Abel did it. Abraham did it. Isaac did it. Abraham and Isaac both said that they would give a tithe, which is a tenth of the income. A tenth of what God puts in your hand is what is called a tithe. It's easy to figure, and everybody pays the same. I mentioned last week that there are those that had tried to get a flat tax in America of 10% for everybody because it would be fair, because it would be across the board. Nobody would pay more, nobody would pay less because it would be 10% of whatever your income is. They were trying to copy God's law, but the liberals didn't want to go there. They couldn't buy tax uh, votes that way. Hello. So when, what part of our income is our tithe? Well, it's the first part. You honor the Lord with the first fruits. It is what you decide on your check comes in. You just decide 10% is the Lord. If you want to make sure you have enough to go around, you start there. I was visiting Brother Marvin yesterday. He's just about 90. He's been living for God for a long time. He had no idea what I'm teaching. But he started talking about tithing yesterday. And he's, he's telling me, he said, I talked to this individual, and they said they couldn't afford tithe. And uh, he said, I simply told them, well, you'll never be able to afford anything if you can't afford tithe. Now, I'm telling you from somebody that's almost 90 years old that has proved this thing. Of course, now I'm, I'm not too far from that either. I used to think that was just the old people, but I guess we're the old people, Brother Darrell. I'm 69 years old, and I have to say, I've proved it. It's true. It works. It's just God's business. You say, well, how did Abraham pay tithe? He paid tithe in Melchizedek. Abraham went off to war, and uh, he came back with plunder, and out of the blue, Melchizedek shows up. Melchizedek is the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God. He is actually a theophany of God that, that God revealed himself in. And when, he, when Abraham saw him, he paid a tenth 
of all of his profit from that battle. Scripture said he tithed of all. So what Abraham did was he gave gratefully, he gave voluntarily, and he gave systematically. He did this in the Scripture. The Scripture teaches us that 430 years before the law of Moses, Abraham was paying tithe. I don't know if paying is the right word. We say, I'm going to pay my tithe. You ever use that word? I just give mine. It's God's, but it was his for it was mine. He just loaned me all of it. And he said, you give me back 10%, I'll bless the 90 Some people think that uh, the tithe simply means to give, and really the tithe means a tenth. It doesn't mean just give any amount. It means give a tenth to the Lord. So how careful do you have to be with that? I, I think of a humorous story that a man one time went to the pastor, and that was back in the day when you brought all the tithe, put it in the pastor's hand. I thank you that now that you put it in the offering plate or you put it in the offering box in the back, and uh, that's a whole lot more comfortable for me. But uh, if you still feel you need to do it that way, I'll still put it in the church treasury for you. But anyway, a man came to the pastor, and he put money in the pastor's hand, and he stood around, and the pastor said, well, can I help you? He said, I'm waiting for my change. (laughs) pastor had no... (laughs) No clue what the change was supposed to be. <laughs> it was a few pennies. But, you know, it, it was almost a, a being legalistic. But, you know, he was, I guess he was trying to be exact. You say, well, you do you really need to be that exact? Well, let me ask you about your paycheck. Suppose when you figure your hours and your money, you're short, you know, $20, $30, And you go to the boss and say, hey, uh, I think I've got a little mistake here. The boss says, oh, don't worry about it. We're close. You're probably looking for another job. Right? So... You say, well, tithe is an Old Testament word. Yeah, well, faith, atonement, redemption, righteousness, sin. They all have their origin in the Old Testament. That's all Old Testament words. We still live by them, don't we? Amen. So Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type of Christ. And so, in essence, he was the father of the faith, according to Romans 4 and 11. So, Abraham being the forerunner of those who trust in Christ by faith, paid tithe, and we do as well. When do you do that? On the first day of the week. Let every one of you 
lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. So we tied on that first day of the week. We reckon here in America that today is the first day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we come to the house of God, we, we give our tithe. I know in, in a little while here we're going to have it fixed up. I don't think we have it yet, Brother Brian, where we can pay online, but we're, we're getting close to that. So you can pay any day of the week then. The NIV said, pay in keeping with his income. What is, what is in keeping with everyone's income? In other words, it's the same percent for all. That's what New Testament tithing is. You say, well, do I pay on the net or the gross? Well, let me just ask you on the gross. Does retirement come out of that? Does insurance come out of that? Do you drive on tax-paid roads? Do you have tax paid for police protection? Are you benefiting from the things that are taken out of your check? Do you ever pay tithe on that stuff you benefit from? The real issue is what do we do? What are we doing? Are we giving it to Jesus? Or we put the pencil to him? We figured him a little closer. Tithe is the only is only the beginning place of our Christian stewardship. The scripture said it's tithing and offering. In the scripture, we find that offerings are mentioned 724 times. Tithe is mentioned, tithe or tithing is mentioned 38 times. So if offering is mentioned 686 times more, that means that for every one time you tithe, there are 19 times mentioned offerings. Exodus chapter 30, verses 13 through 15 says, This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 gerars, and a half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. A shekel was a temple money, and one shekel represented the tithe of the people. A half shekel represented the temple money. Everyone that passed among them that were numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than a half shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord. So tithe are commanded of the Lord, but an offering is a free will offering from the heart. I believe I have that. There's no specific amount that's put on the offering. In Exodus chapter 25, the Lord said to Moses concerning the building of the tabernacle, he said, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. So an offering is something we do willingly. I'm glad we do it all willingly. But he said for sure on the offering, it's something that we do willingly. The tithe was given to the Levites to support them. And the offering was given to the temple to 
build the temple. Offerings were meant to be used for the upkeep of the temple as well as tithing was meant for the ministers of the temple. You say, what about the alms? I remember a guy came one day and he, he handed me his tithes and he said, here's $50 or something. He said, I want so-and-so to get this money. If you give something, you give it, right? You don't control what you give. If I give you $20 and you go buy something stupid, I gave it to you. It's the way it goes, right? You ever do that? Give somebody something and they go blow it? But, you know, you can feel bad or you can say, well, that's their money. I gave it to them. I just simply told the man, I said, we believe in storehouse tithing, so I can't do what you're asking me to do. I said, you're welcome to give him an offering. I knew he was quite able to. I said, you can take any amount of money you want and give that person an offering, but I can't take your tithe and go give that to that man. So that's what we give alms. You, uh, I see people... They probably pay their tithe to the guy that's standing on the street corner with a sign that says, I'm hungry or I'm homeless. You know, I wonder, actually, uh, a group in Lake Charles tried to help these guys get off the street, but they wouldn't leave. And so one of them dressed up like one of those characters, and he went and stood on the street corner, and it was a very profitable day in his life. He collected $600. Now, I'm not saying they're all destitute and desperate, but if somebody gives you an opportunity to not be homeless, and you know what? You can give them some money if you want to. Makes you feel better. And it does. You notice how good it makes you feel when you give? You do that, but that's what alms are. It's not your tithe. It's not your offerings. It's just money you want to give. That's what alms are called. So you can help people that are in need. You can minister to them. So when and where should you give? To whom is the tithe due? Of course, the answer is simple. It belongs to the Lord. One, sell it, one fellow said, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And he, he took money and he threw it up in the air and said, all you catch, God, is yours. Yeah, we know it don't work that way. We come to the house of God because it's God's house. We come to God's house because we're going to meet with God. It's a saving place. It's a healing place. It's a helping place. And so we tithe in the house of God. That's the only way we know we can get it to God. And so we do it that way. It's his God-ordained agency for tithing. You say, well, I've, I've seen people squander it. I've seen them waste it. Yeah, we've all seen that. But God's going to bless you for giving. God's going to judge them for what they do with it. I'm glad to say that in this church, that we have a trustee board that gets a financial report quarterly, all the income that comes in this church. 
I don't make a decision about money over $400 without the board knowing about it. That's mandated. We do it that way. That's protection. That way, if I spend it, I have a trustee board behind me that says he had authority to do that. And so you can be sure that all things are done decently and in order. We come to the house of worship and we worship with our giving. We worship with our offerings. The Lord said, you do it and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. He said, see if I won't. There is only one place in the scripture that God said, prove me, test me, and this is it. Test me. You put that money in there, you give that money, and see if I won't bless you. J.L. Kraft, head of Kraft Cheese Corporation, who has given approximately 25% of his enormous income to Christian causes for many years, said this, the only investment I ever made which has paid consistently increasingly dividends is the money that I have given to the Lord. John D. Rockefeller said, I never would have been able to tithe on the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed on my first salary, which was $1.50 a week. So what is the one thing God cannot do? Scripture said God cannot lie. He is truth. If God said it, that settles it. He will come through for you. You see, God's great provision is a sign to the tither. So ten reasons why I pay tithe. I tithe because I love the Lord. I tithe because of what God has done for me. I tithe because it is God's plan of financing his kingdom. He said the tithe is holy unto the Lord, is not only holy to him, it belongs holy to him. I tithe because it brings me joy. The knowledge of doing God's will in this matter brings peace of mind and joy to my heart. I tithe because my church needs it. Jesus emphasizes the church. Therefore, I am to be church-minded also. I tithe because lost souls need the gospel. People are reached and saved as God's people bring the tithe into the storehouse. I tithe because God's blessings or upon the 90%. Put up that uh, picture of Billy Graham there and that quote that he has beneath that. He said, we have found in our own home that God's blessings upon the nine-tenths when we tithe helps, us go, helps it go further than the ten-tenths without his blessings. Can I get a witness in the house? I tithe because I want to reap bountifully 
a man reaps what he sows. I tied to safeguard my trevor, treasure. Lay down up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. There could be many stories told about images of people in heaven that were stingy. They got to heaven and they looked around at what some people was receiving in heaven and what others were not. And they questioned why they had such a meager fare and why their neighbor had such a great, beautiful place. And they said, well, he sent his treasure ahead. What's what we used to prepare for him to come? You used yours on earth. And so there was nothing sent ahead. I tithe because I don't want to be a robber. There are four promises that God promises to a tither. He said, I will open the floodgates of heaven. I pour, will pour out blessings. He said, I will place a shield of protection over you. I will make you fruitful. A rich man died, and at his funeral, someone leaned over to his friend and asked, how much did he leave behind? The other guy said, everything. See, money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you health. Money can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. Money can buy you companions, but it can't buy you friends. Money can buy you entertainment, but it can't buy you joy. Money can buy you a business, but it can't buy you integrity. Money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you a good night's sleep. Money can buy you a Bible, but it cannot buy you a Savior. Money can buy you a good life, but it can't buy you eternal life. Let's stand together. Someone said, it's not what you do with the millions, if fortune should be your lot, but it's what you're doing at the present with the dollar and quarter you've got. God touched me to come up here and talk, talk to you all about this because when Tiffany and I got married in 97, I wasn't part of the church. And not long after we got married, she said we should start paying tithes and we talked to her dad about it. And we said we, we would do it. Now, before you're involved with the church, you're thinking that's, that's a crazy idea. And that's what I thought. And then once you start doing it, you don't really miss it. You just keep doing it, keep doing it. And I wanted to tell y'all that I graduated from McNeese in 94. I went straight to work. We got married in 97. I've never been broke. And I've never been unemployed one day since 1994. So I just challenge you to just do it. And see what happens. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. When you're faithful to God, He will be faithful to you. Amen. I'm not here to pull weeds today or sort between tares and wheat. I'm simply here to tell you today this is God's plan. 
the best thing you can do is get involved in God's plan. It works. It works. There probably all has been a day in our life when we question, uh, uh, do I really, can I really? But those of us that did can testify like Brian. He is faithful. Amen? Let's thank him together for his blessings. Father, we thank you today. You have blessed us enormously, tremendously, more than we could ever say, Lord. We know, God, that our tithing is not just connected to our money in our life. It affects every way of our life, and we stand here blessed today. Blessed today. We give you praise for it. Now go with us, Lord, from this house. Never from your presence. Bring us back at the appointed time. We ask it in your name, Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Please be with us tonight. Brother Ken's got a message in his heart to deliver to us.